You are listening to Football and Fluff, where we talk a lot of football and a little bit of fluff. Word play of the day. This podcast is a venue where we discuss college football and its fluff. And I'm Trey. I'm the football. And I'm the fluff. It's time for the cover three question. This is football and fluff. This podcast is a venue where we discuss college football and its fluff. We're your co-host, I'm Hank. And I'm Trey. I'm the football. And I'm the fluff. Play of the Day brought to you by Fluff. Word Play of the Day Sprint. A full speed run over a short distance. In Olympic events, the 100, 200, and 400 meter events are considered sprints. The finishing kick of a distance race can also be described as a sprint. Sprints are used in football conditioning as an excellent cardiovascular exercise to increase your stamina. Sprint, wordplay of the day. Not about just winning and losing, it's about the total development of the student athlete. And I would definitely love to come by. It was, it was cool. It was really cool talking to you, man. Football and Fluff family, welcome. University of South Carolina legend and NFL great, Jasper Brinkley. Welcome to the show. Special thanks to Jasper Brinkley for coming to hang out with the Football and Fluff family last episode. Thanks, bro. This week, we sat down with a special guest. She was the 2002 World Junior Champion, winning gold in the 100 meters. In 2002, she won the silver medal in the 4x100 at the World Championships. In 2003, she won the gold medal in the 100 meters at the Pan American Games. She was the 2004 NCAA 100 meter champion at the University of Miami. She won a bronze medal at the 100 meters at the 2004 World Athletics Finals. She won the silver medal in the 100 meters at the 2004 Olympics. 
She won a bronze medal in the 100 meters at the 2005 World Athletics. She was part of the American 4x100 meter relay team, winning gold at the 2007 World Championships. She won the gold medal in the 4x100 at the 2007 World Championships. She won a silver medal in the 100 meter dash at the 2007 World Championships. She won a gold medal in the 4x100 at the 2012 London Olympics. She won a silver medal in the two-woman bobsled at the 2014 Winter Olympics. She was the first American woman to medal in the Summer and Winter Olympics. She is in the University of Miami Hall of Fame, and she graduated in three and a half years with a degree in finance. So let's pick up the conversation as we had already started talking to the special guest of the week. Just, I'm telling you, when I, I've been a fan for a while, I actually ran the third leg of the four by 100 in high school to stay in shape. We did track up north, but anyway, the other thing I wanted to tell you is we we were doing a we we're a football and fluff is our podcast, of course. So we, we want to do a series on running because what I noticed in today's athletics, as well as in my day, the guys don't know how to run. I see knees going one way and feet going the other way. If you could, if, if somebody could actually learn the technique of running, a team speed could, could be much faster than the fastest football team on the field. And so you are an expert at that. And I'm going to tell you who you remind me of. I got two stories for you, first of all. Okay. The first story is Evelyn Ashford is one of my all-time favorites. She sort of ran with a lean. And mm-hmm. you did you did the same thing when you ran. You ran with a lot of people do compare me to Evelyn Ashford. That's yes. for sure. And then watching you throughout the years, I even saw a clip of you running high school. And then I followed you, of course, through your 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 um, college career, mainly your pro career. But your clip in high school, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But that's one thing. So when I first saw you run, I was like, "Wow, she looks like Evelyn Ashford." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." So story number two, I'm going to cut to that. We were on a cruise, my wife and I, we look over and I told her that's Lauren Williams. And then I was like, (laughs) it looks like Lauren Williams. So we introduced ourselves to the couple, right? So it ended up being Kelly Brinkley. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) and I was, cause as I got closer to her, I was like, oh, she's a little taller. I said, that's not right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, so you, but least you, you knew before you got all the way over there. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's story number two. And and I got another story too, but we'll just get right into the interviews. Um, thank you for coming. First of all, we are very honored. Few have been chosen and fewer than that have shown up. But the ones that have this is <laughs> this is like our 22nd podcast. And um we really, really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, it's more, it's more special to me because you're one of my all time favorite sprinters. So, and that's from the heart. So thank you. I appreciate it. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Football and fluff family. Welcome to the show. Lauren Williams. How are you today? I am doing so wonderful. I am so excited to be on the show. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're very excited to have you here. And as, uh, well, the football and fluff family didn't hear all of our conversation before I did a lot of rattling, but I'm super excited to have you on the show as um, we start our running series, our techniques on on running. And hopefully uh, when we leave this show, we'll have a little bit better understanding of how we can make somebody faster 
Uh, but first, we want the family to get, for those that don't know you, we want them to get to know you a little bit better. So we'll get, just get right into this interview. So Lauren, you were, or are five foot three, about the same height as my mom, and was you were one of the best sprinters that I've I have ever seen. So how did that affect your mindset when you went up against, uh, say, sprinters that were a little taller than you? Well, for me, it wasn't really so much about how the opponent looked. It was a lot more about me staying in my lane, which, you know, we, we say that saying all the time, but it's a real thing. Stay in your lane, <laughs> which means get in your own zone, uh, worry about what you can control and how you have prepared. Uh, so the, the sentiment that I took to the line was this one of, you know, there are seven other girls that I'm lining up against here. We have all prepared, uh, but I'm, I am the most prepared and I'm going to get to the finish line first. It doesn't matter tall, short, big, buff, et cetera. Um, it's the, when the gun goes off, who gets to the finish line first? And because I prepared, I'm confident that I'm going to be the first one to the line. When did you first realize that you were fast? And, and, and then the second part of that question would be, when did you realize you can compete um, on the track after you realized you were fast? Yeah. So, you know, my story kind of starts, depending on who you ask, <laughs> I uh, definitely was running around the neighborhood in Detroit is what I remember a lot as a kid. My mom tells a story of me getting home faster than the family great uh, German shepherd. <laughs> and she said, that's when she knew she needed to get me into a track program. Uh, my dad, on the other hand, will tell you that I was at the Carnegie science center um, in Pennsylvania and I was racing a Flojo hologram, which I do remember. I definitely was racing the hologram. Couldn't have been set at world record wow. speed, but I spent all day there. I didn't see anything else at the science center. Wow. And so he said, that's when he knew I I had promised because I did actually beat the hologram a couple times. I was like the youngest to do so that day and was just kind of obsessed with the whole idea of like running and running as fast as I could. Um, and yeah, so somewhere around age nine or 10, I got into track and field and, uh, you know, more organized sports mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. started to do the club track and field. And then it went on from there. Wow. Wow. So you're from Detroit. Mm -hmm. uh, we're from Toledo, Ohio originally, so we're not that far from you or weren't that far from you at the time. Uh, did you participate in any other sports other than track and field? I did all the sports. So you name it, I pretty much did it. Ballroom dancing, softball, karate, gymnastics, basketball. Um, like I said, if you name it, I probably at least tried it. Uh, I never tried tennis. That's one thing that I did not have any interest in. Um, I tried golf, though. I was terrible at it. <laughs> yeah, all the things. One of the things I talked to uh, Pepper Johnson about, who played with the Giants, and we were saying that, in our day, an athlete was considered someone who did multiple sports. In today's day, the athlete is considered someone who uh, specializes in a sport. So to me, a true athlete, and, and I'm being biased, a true athlete is someone who can do things in many different genres, mm -hmm. track and field, ballroom dancing, basketball, football, volleyball, whatever the case. So, uh, so awesome. So you, you started running when you were about eight or nine years old, then essentially that transferred on into you into high school. And there's this one amazing clip that still exists on YouTube of you running the four by 100, the anchor leg in high school. For the folks who haven't uh, had a chance to see that, could you take us back to the 2001 PHA, or I say the PIAA 400, uh, four by 100 meter relay, that race 
just just kind of paint the picture of how you felt after you got the baton. Right. Um, it's it's funny because, you know, that is definitely one of the highlights of my career. And it was, you know, before I really had a career, per se, you know, it's the very beginning of it all. Uh, but it's one that I definitely take a little bit of time to gloat about here and there nowadays. You know, older, wiser and humility is a very important part of it. But you, you watch it and you're just amazed each and every time. So uh, I got the baton in dead last place. Uh, yes. In fact, on the screen, you know, if you watch that race, you don't see me for a second. It's like you, you see my my counterpart come around the corner and then we are completely out of shot because yes. the other people are so far ahead. And yes. so I run back into the camera and then catch up with everyone and dip at the line to win the race. Um, it was, yeah, pretty phenomenal for those watching and spectating, participating. Um, you actually ran into the camera shot at a blip. And then passed the girl. You you became focused right when you passed her. Went across the line because something came blazing across the screen when you watched that clip. And that would have been you. <laughs> so, do you know your split time in in I that have race? No idea what it I had to be. Did. Something incredible, um, incredible. I mean, I was eleven sixty two, I think, to win. You know, uh, mm -hmm. the hundred meters at that time. So, you in know, high the college school. girl. I mean, the high school girls nowadays are running so much faster, but yeah. uh, I think it's also because they're using pro athletics training, you know, exactly, uh, which is not necessarily appropriate. So, you know, what I'm seeing now is a lot of people who run, you know, much faster times to get into school, but they're not able to sustain those times. They're not able to have long careers because I feel like they're peaking a little bit too early. But yeah, 1162 was not a great time, you know, in comparison to what young ladies are running nowadays. Understood. Um, I have something I need to get off my chest and, and I don't mean any disrespect to anyone, but that 2012 four by 100, uh, relay mm -hmm. team that ran the finals in the finals in the Olympics, uh, you should have been on that team. I know you ran in the prelims and it's actually your split was faster than the leadoff split. And I know you've ran lead and you've ran anchor and, uh, and, 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 and one of the young ladies actually is from the city we lived in in Ohio, much respect to those sprinters, but some kind of way, my favorite sprinter should have been on that <laughs> world record team. So I got it off my chest. Anyway, I'll move on. <laughs> I you so know, appreciate it. You're flat. I think you ran 11.0 flat in, in the, in the prelim. Mm -hmm. And I think you guys set an Olympic record in the prelim, right? We, uh, yeah, we broke the Olympic record in the prelim. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we got the veteran sprinter who could run. Let's, she should have been in the finals. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going on. Right. Um, <laughs> we easily break that record with you on the team. Come on. Uh, can you tell the listeners about some of the workouts that you do for explosiveness? Um, so for explosiveness, you know, one of the things I think we take for granted in, in being explosive is, is power training. So I do a lot of weightlifting and a lot of people, you know, they see a sprinter, they say, oh, she can run and running, of course, is a big part of our training, but also weightlifting is a, a really important part. And so things that are going to cause you to have to, you know, make sudden movements in the same way, you know, football, you got to be able to change directions on a dime. A You've got to be really strong to be able to do so. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm lucky enough to run only in a straight line, but I need to be able to apply as much force to the track and move myself forward as much as possible. So, um, I think my squat max was 365. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of weightlifting that goes on in, in sport and in, in sprinting as well. 
Okay. Okay. And I know you've been on Instagram late as of late talking about your latest uh, workout um, plans and stuff that you're doing to get back in shape. Are we coming back to do something on a professional level or are you just, you just getting back in shape for Lauren? I, I just want to be healthy. You okay. Pray. okay. You know, I was like, I, I, w- I went from being a world-class athlete to, you know, being a recently retired athlete to, Ooh, did she run track before? I don't know. If she, I don't think like, <laughs> and so my, my goal, I tell people now is just to look like a retired athlete. It's not to look like an athlete per se, but you know, I, I want you to look at me and know that I used to do something once upon a time. And, oh, we know you yeah. used to do something, Lauren. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of athletes struggle in this area too, is just trying to figure that. out how to stay healthy when, you know, the only way you know how to exercise is on a hundred. And it's not necessarily that you got to do a hundred anymore, but you know, it's like I vacillate between a hundred and zero. I got to find that middle ground. That's going to be gotcha. for my normal health and, you know, make sure I take care of myself so I can live long. Exactly. Exactly. You mentioned that you were a world-class sprinter um, at one time and a great one. You are one of the all-time greats. And I think a lot more attention should be given to you for that. That's just my opinion. Again, I'm a fan and I'm probably the president of your fan club, but that's okay. We ain't going to do that. Um, But the one thing that is even more impressive with Lauren Williams is she went from a world-class sprinter to a bobsleigh uh, uh, participant. Could you tell us about that, how that came about and that transition? Yeah. So, I mean, it was literally a a chance meeting in the airport with Lolo Jones. Um, I had heard about bobsled. I I read an article about her having tried bobsled the previous year and she and I were headed to a race in Rome actually. Um, And we're just having a conversation. I was like, how was it? How'd you get into it? She's like, it's really awesome. You should try it. And I wasn't thinking anything about the Olympics at the time. I was just thinking of something to do kind of life after sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I was in the last year of my track and field career. And so mm-hmm. I was like, well, this might be a fun way to kind of stay engaged, keep moving around. And, you know, I'll just give it a try. Little did I know that six months later, I'd be at the Olympic Games. At the Olympic Games. And what happened at the Olympic Games? Share with the family. Uh, we led, me and my teammate, Alana Myers-Taylor, uh, for three of the four rounds. Uh, we hit a little blip at the last round and we got second by like, I don't know if it was 0.01, but it was pretty close. A very, yes. very slim margin <laughs> that we got that silver medal by. So you got a silver medal. So if if my research is correct and my following as a fan, you are the only woman to win a medal, gold medal in the Olympics, in the Summer Olympics and a silver medal in the Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. Or are you the first woman to win that? I'm the first American woman to earn a medal in both the summer and the winter Olympics. Yeah. So there are five of us total, um, but from other countries, other sports, uh, the gentleman that is American that did it, did it in 1932. So we have not seen anyone earn medals in two sports until I came along with uh, 90 years later or something like that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What, what life skills did track and field uh, teach Lauren Williams? Yeah, I would say the the biggest life skill is like this idea of discipline and perseverance. I think these are two things people talk about a lot in sports and those things being necessary. But I think for me, you know, I, I always think of like going to a track and compete. Well, not really competing, but practicing first. You go to practice for a series of days. Some of those days you're going to be sore. Some of them you're going to be tired. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Some of your practices are not going to go that well, but you still show up and you come to practice the next day. And so that's the kind of perseverance that makes you a true champion because you keep showing up day after day uh, when it doesn't feel good, when it hurts, when you're sore, uh, you know, when you've had a series of day where, <laughs> days where you suck and you're not sure if you're going to be fast anymore. Um, and what that turns into is a series of races. And some of those races are good and some of them are not, but you continue to show up. Um, and then what does it turn into? It turns into championship opportunities because you stuck with it the whole time. Um, and I think that's the big life skill that I've learned. It's like some days you're going to get kicked in the face, but you need to continue to show up. Awesome. And you talk about uh, perseverance. You talk about your your work ethic. And I think that also shined when you graduated from the University of Miami in three and a half years. Um, that is something that the football and fluff family should know and that we're just not dealing with an athlete. We're dealing with someone who paid even more attention to the academic side of her collegiate career as well as winning collegiate championships at the same time. Could you tell us what life is like now after track and field, after the bobsleigh, what is life like for Lauren Williams now? Yeah, so I have transitioned into, you know, regular old grown-up adulting life. That's part of where the weight gain came, is that I sit in, at a desk in front of a computer for much of my day now, but it's very, very enjoyable work that I'm doing. I run a financial company. It's called Worth Winning, and I help young professionals organize their finances. So it is so, so important that we start having conversations about money, about how to better be organized money-wise, how to use strategy. Um, not trying to game the system because you know there's so much like you know you got to scam and cheat and lie and do all of it. like it's like no 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 there are really legit strategies out there that you can use and it starts with you know you getting yourself organized and then understanding how to use those strategies to better optimize your finances so that is kind of what I am passionate about now that's what I'm helping young professionals do a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of professional athletes are also my clients uh, because I think it's important for us to continue to know better and be able to do better and then also be able to help ourselves as a community. So Absolutely. Uh, the athletic community has to start reaching back and, and saying, hey, here's the way I want to be involved because not every athlete is going to be a coach or a personal trainer or a commentator. And I really hate that people put us in those boxes as if those are the only things we can do. Most of us are college educated. Um, most of us have, you know, gone to big institutions and we have brains and, you know, other goals and aspirations. So yeah. uh, this is mine. I've always been good at math and um, enjoyed money. So, you know, <laughs> mixing those two things together to be able to help others is really, really rewarding. That is awesome. Um, a lot of us football guys who um, got in to, you know, professional athletics and then we got out not that I was one of them, but a lot of my friends and the financial piece wasn't one of the things that was emphasized or even focused on when we, when we had our opportunities. So I'm a young guy. Let's pretend I'm, I'm coming out of the draft. I need someone to help me with my money. Where can I find you? Do I no, find you? You should on? come. You should come to <laughs> worth-winning.com and let me get you together. Right. Worth dot um, worth dash winning dash winning.com worth dash winning.com that is awesome well lauren um first of all we want to thank you again for coming by and we just appreciate that you took the 15 20 or 30 minutes to come by and say hello and let 
the football and fluff family know that the track and field fans of us absolutely adore what you've done in, in the sport. And for myself, uh, again, I'm being a little, uh, I don't know, selfish or whatever, but for me to be able to interview one of my favorite track and field stars is like check bucket list. So <laughs> thank you for making that happen. Now, what I would like for you to do is to come back and talk more about worth winning and let's do uh, uh, something on worth winning so that that professional athlete, young, mid career or old, somebody who doesn't have that focus on financials and need to get it. Let's, let's do that. I think that's very important. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Like you said, spreading the word and the knowledge, everybody's got to yes. deal with money, whether you're high school educated, college educated, PhD, uh, no job, lots of jobs. Uh, <laughs> we all have to use money to, uh, you know, as a tool to help us live the life we want. So I uh, definitely would be happy to, to share with others. Football and fluff family, university of Miami, great USA track and field gold medalist and Winter Olympic silver medalist winner in the bobsleigh, Lauren Williams. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me on. That wraps up this episode of Football and Fluff. Follow us on Instagram at Football and Fluff. Send us an email at footballandfluff at gmail.com. Tell us about some topics that you would like to discuss. See y'all next week.